Thanks for joining us at the Canadian Breakpoint, a Canadian infectious diseases podcast by Canadian infectious diseases physicians. I'm Summer Stewart, here with Dr. Rupina Pirawal, pediatric infectious diseases physician in Saskatoon. In this episode, we invite Dr. Shaquille Pir-Muhammad, infectious diseases specialist at Vancouver Coastal Health, to discuss gamification in medicine. Dr. Pirawal. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of our podcast, The Canadian Breakpoint. So today we have a very special guest with us, Dr. Shaquille Pierre-Mohammed, who obtained his MD degree in 2011 from the University of Calgary. He then trained in internal medicine from 2011 to 2014 at the University of Saskatchewan, and then completed his subspecialty training in infectious diseases at the University of Toronto in 2016. He completed his Master's of Public Health through the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health with a focus in clinical effectiveness. For the past six years, he has practiced in Saskatoon, and his research interests include antimicrobial stewardship, quality improvement, and medical education. Recently, Dr. Pierre Mohammed joined the Division of Infectious Diseases at Vancouver Coastal Health, And in his spare time, he enjoys playing tabletop games, escape rooms, stand-up paddle boarding, and making his own cold brew. So awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Pierre Mohammed. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a really kind of a newer concept, and we haven't really done anything like this on the podcast. Uh, We've had a lot of discussions around medications, and we've done a lot around microbiology recently, but we're going to be talking about gamification so I think without further ado, I'm going to let um, our expert here explain kind of the concept of gamification. Great. Uh, thanks for having me today. A uh, pleasure to chat on this uh, exciting topic. So gamification is the idea of using game mechanics, elements, and principles of playing a game, but applying it to a non-game context to engage users in a a different way. So there's lots of different examples of what are called serious games. And these are entertaining games, but more importantly, they're used to promote learning and promote behavioral change. And so recently, I know that you've implemented this, obviously, the reason we're talking about this today is because we've implemented some of these concept or this concept in medicine, um, and specifically because your interest around antimicrobial stewardship. Can you kind of walk us through, like, how did it come about or where did this idea kind of come from? Sure. I think we're always looking for new and exciting ways to teach concepts related to infectious diseases and antimicrobial stewardship. I think during the pandemic, we were also trying to find new and exciting ways to engage our learners, especially using virtual platforms. So that certainly precipitated uh, some ideas related to uh, medical education and using gamification uh, as a technique. Personally, I love playing tabletop games and escape rooms. So I was curious about how we can combine a game like an escape room or puzzles to engage medical students and internal medicine residents uh, to learn more about infectious disease, antimicrobial stewardship, and and also help them achieve their, their learning objectives too. Got it. And so while you're out here in Saskatoon, um, is that kind of when like the initial, like, was there an initial pilot project that started? 
So we were keen to develop uh, an antimicrobial stewardship themed escape room. And there's been lots of really great examples of escape rooms published in the medical literature from a wide array of different disciplines, including radiology, toxicology, dermatology, mm-hmm. uh, anesthesia as well. And so we wanted to create one for first year internal medicine residents. And so we we started out by looking at what are the key objectives uh, of training uh, from the Royal College uh, relevant to uh, infectious disease and antimicrobial stewardship for internal medicine. And we identified 10 key learning objectives. And from that point, we then built a variety of different puzzles um, that would test those ideas. Yeah. And... Once we kind of created small beta versions of those puzzles, we pilot tested them with some second year internal medicine residents to trial them out. Uh, And if it seemed like a good fit, then we got together and and built the actual puzzles and using different arts and craft supplies. And we were able to uh, collaborate with our simulation labs on campus to use their technology. So we had access to TV screens and mannequins and a two-way mirror so we could watch students as they progress through the escape room. Uh, So then we actually built and designed everything. And then the the next step was probably the most uh, integral part of creating an escape room, and that was pilot testing. So testing it out with some second year, second and third year internal medicine residents, and also some friends and colleagues uh, outside of infectious diseases to better understand the game mechanics, the flow of the game, get a good sense of how many people we wanted on a team for the escape room, uh, and then make some final tweaks to each of the puzzles uh, before going live. And then currently, like, like assuming that this escape room kind of went forward, what where was like the what like interface or kind of like how could how could like viewers or other public access the escape room the escape room that we built was an in-person escape room using our simulation lab on on campus but the um there's been some emerging literature about creating virtual escape room platforms and the huge benefit of a virtual platform is that there's more flexibility in terms of timing for students and learners to participate. It's easier to reset the escape room by a click of a button rather than ten, spending 10 minutes to reset all the locks and everything. And so there's greater flexibility and, and you can also maybe make more easier adjustments to, to puzzles and, and create more variety with a virtual platform. So I think that would be a cool project to work on next is developing a, an antimicrobial stewardship or infectious disease themed virtual platform. So that way people from all around the world could could participate in uh, in that type of ac- learning activity. That's awesome. And then after the escape room, were there other projects that you guys already kind of took on that have gone live? So one of the other projects that I was involved with was creating a game called Microbial Pursuit. I'm a huge fan of simple, quick games that you can play on your phone. A good example would be would be Wordle. Uh, I. I'm guilty of still playing Wordle to this day. And Wordle is a great example of uh, a serious game that involves a lot of um, gamification elements, creating rewards for the player by keeping track of your winning streaks to incentivize you to return back to the game and be motivated to try again. 
Uh, also being able to keep track of your kind of player statistics and a histogram that kind of outlines that and being able to share on social media and uh, and share your your scores and your stories with other people. So we were keen to create a game similar to to Wordle and, and apps like that. So we wanted to create something that was more trivia based and what discipline opens itself more to trivial trivia content than uh, infectious disease and 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 microbiology. There's a huge rich history uh, when we think about all of the different pathogens that are out there, uh, how they were found and and the history behind them, the infections they cause, the clinical syndromes, uh, and the development of different antimicrobials as well. So we created a game called Microbial Pursuit, and uh, I collaborated with a company called Firstline, which creates antimicrobial stewardship uh, mobile apps for healthcare providers right. and healthcare systems. So they uh, were fantastic in collaborating on a game. And basically each day a new puzzle is presented and you can access uh, Microbial Pursuit uh, online. It's a web-based platform. Mm. Uh, there's a new daily trivia puzzle where you have a series of four clues presented to you. Yeah. Uh, and as you progress through the four clues, the answer becomes a little bit more easy to identify. Uh, and you have to guess what the pathogen, whether it's a bacteria, virus, parasite, or fungus, or an antimicrobial. And if you answer correctly on the first guess, you get 100 points. If you need to advance to the second guess, you lose 25 points and so on. Uh, and we're, we're keen to work on adding more features and more gamification elements to incentivize players and also enhance uh, learning. Another key element that we're looking at would be the concept of spaced repetition, which is the concept that rather than trying to learn everything at one go, from a learning perspective, if you spaced out key concepts and learning materials over time, you're more likely to retain that knowledge. So for example, from a game point of view, if mm -hmm. you were playing today and you got a question incorrect, maybe that question pops up again a week or two weeks down the road to try and bring back that uh, knowledge recall. Yeah, and so some of these concepts, I think, obviously reiterate the facts of you know, how we learn. So like with repetition and having, especially like some people are visual learners. So having the ability to kind of synthesize and process that information. So for me, I think I definitely have played um, microbial pursuit. So uh, I don't know if I've done very well on it, even though being an ID doctor, um, but some of those questions were pretty hard. So, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things that you want to, it kind of motivates you to go back and, you know, I mean, first of all, A, you learn a lot, right. And you learn about the history. Cause I think all of us in our busy, like clinical world life, we're not really focused on that anymore. And so it's kind of nice because you learn some background information on organisms that you don't see frequently or commonly um, in clinical practice either. So yeah, it was challenging though. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but it was fun in terms of, um, so those are some of the advantages that I saw, like even, you know, looking, playing and moving through that interface with the microbial pursuit. So what are some of the other advantages or any like feedback that learners have given you guys to see like is this something that's working like is this a concept that really has made a difference in medicine sure uh so when we first did our 
the first iteration of the antimicrobial stewardship escape room, we did study it and we used a pre-post uh, self-assessment model based upon those 10 learning objectives using a five-point Likert scale. Okay. And we did find across the board that our first year internal medicine residents perceived learning through the escape room and their scores for each of those 10 objectives improved from a statistical uh, significant point of view as well. And so I think from a gamification point of view in general, I think it's a very exciting time because there's lots of new games being developed and uh, different ways to try and study gamification and medical education. Mm -hmm. One thing to reflect on would be Kirkpatrick's training evaluation model, which comes up with medical education. And so with our project, we were able to get a sense that that our students liked the activity and perceived knowledge acquisition mm-hmm. through the through the activity. Kirkpatrick's training evaluation model has four levels, basically like a pyramid. And the the first level is getting that reaction. Do your students like the activity? And we we achieved that. People liked the escape room, and mm-hmm. it was fun. It was engaging. It was uh, educational. The second level is learning. So to what degree do participants acquire the knowledge intended through that activity or skills or attitudes that you're trying to to deliver? And we we did achieve that through the the self-assessment tool that we employed. The third and the fourth levels are sometimes harder to achieve and create studies that determine whether whether Mm -hmm. you're achieving those levels. The third level is behavior. So Mm. Does your learning activity change practice? Will Do students take away key learning messages from your learning activity and then apply it uh, at the bedside or apply it to, to real life practice in healthcare? And, and the fourth level is, is the, those results. So to what degree does that outcome actually occur? Does it change clinical practice? Did your, your learning activity change how we practice and, and function and behave and uh, the the medicine that we practice uh, at the bedside. So those are a little bit harder to to achieve and elucidate, yeah. but it's definitely a very exciting time. There's lots of cool medical education initiatives related to gamification that are coming out and uh, and lots of exciting literature. I think it's like, I mean, definitely in the era that we're living in where we're using a lot of technology and, and, and I think everybody has like either like a phone or a device that they can access at all times. So I think- using all of those. And, you know, I think we're kind of the generation in our kind of practice constantly had, you know, apps and, and, and tools like this um, to learn. So I think this seems like definitely even more exciting for the future for all of, you know, the students that are coming through med school and other uh, degrees as well. But so in terms of um, obviously technology is the key here, right? We needed we needed this the we need technological advances that we've seen to help us have these types of games and apps and all these developed. So is that kind of the reason why it's taken so long to come up with this? Because it sounds like a fantastic idea. And I'm sure we've known about we've known about concepts like this before, but really like kind of what were the hurdles or challenges that I guess you faced when implementing this? And is that kind of the was that really the rate limiting step for a project like this to come to surface? I think one of the biggest challenges with gamification and medical education is that it is 
fairly new and and there Mm -hmm. has been a surge of games including tabletop games and apps and video games in medical education Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest challenges though that we're still trying to to learn more about is finding that sweet spot where you have a, a serious game that is entertaining and engaging but pushes the learner outside of their competence and a little bit outside of their comfort zone to push them to learn, but without creating a distressful experience that demotivates them or discourages them from returning back to the game and and participating again. So I think that's the, the challenge with gamification medical education is you want to create something successful and powerful that encourages the the user, the player to continuously come back to the game to support their learning, because that ultimately would be the the main goal here. Yeah. And I mean, I can definitely see like the advantages of having something like this, right? Because it's on your fingertips and and you're also like not having to open up a textbook to learn all this information and, and not be overwhelmed, right? Because you're getting small doses of information and then you can go on with the rest of your day and I think in our generation of learners, that's something that I, I think most of us would appreciate, right? To have instead of read a textbook of like 50, 60 pages. Right? So it sounds like something that should be introduced into concepts are like universities and other workplaces. Do you know that are they implementing this or is there something still that's, you know, you would look at as like a disadvantage in a certain in a certain field that you wouldn't implement this? I think creating games in medical education is very innovative and very exciting, mm-hmm. but it certainly wouldn't be our only strategy and certainly wouldn't replace our tradition, more traditional approaches to teaching our students. But it can be an effective way to reinforce concepts and be more stimulating and encourage learning, especially if it's done in a safe space. The escape room experience is akin to simulation labs that we we still use in 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 medical education I've been using for years when we're teaching how to uh, perform a, a mock code for example or handle uh, very high stress uh, situations to practice mm-hmm. those types of scenarios so an escape room is is almost similar to that and so some of the the concepts and and ideas behind uh, gamification medical education aren't maybe as new as we we think. I think a lot of these puzzles and games have been around for quite some time. I think we're just starting to to now introduce these concepts into medical education uh, and and push that, especially with a a generation of millennial learners. I think it's also important that we adapt to to their learning style and uh, creating more flexible, adaptive platforms for teaching. In terms of, um, so if a center, like a physician wants to get involved and implement something like this, what what's the starting like blocks for this? Or how would you guide somebody? I think if you were interested in creating a serious game, or whether that's an escape room experience, or tabletop game, or, or a, a video game, or an app, mm-hmm. uh, I think a great place to start would be by contacting your medical school or your PGME office or UGME office. And I think you'd be surprised by how much may, may be already there in terms of support and, and reciprocity to support these types of initiatives. When we were developing our escape room 
I was pleasantly surprised by how much enthusiasm was shared by our PGME office to carry out and 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 help bring this idea to fruition. And, and also how much support there was from the simulation labs on campus uh, that were very keen to collaborate and um, and help and help support the project. So I think a, a good place to start would be contacting your your local institution and see what kind of feedback you get about the idea and what support might exist. I think collaboration is also critical to these types of these types of interventions. You want to involve a good team of people from a variety of different backgrounds that can give you good insight on your puzzles and your ideas. When we play tested our escape room, getting feedback from second year internal medicine residents was very important to know that our mm-hmm. content level and difficulty level was at the right stage. But it was also important to get feedback from people outside of infectious diseases to better understand the game mechanics and whether our puzzles flow and and make sense from a, a logical point of view. So yeah, that's I think really good information. I think for our listeners who are you know thinking about introducing a concept or kind of I think sometimes you just need some like a starting point and. And knowing and having those supports and and knowing who to reach out to. So that's really good. So what are some of the newer, I guess, so you talked about microbial pursuit, and then you talked about your escape room. Uh, are you currently working on other projects or anything that's recently been released? Some of our listeners can tune into. I think it's definitely uh, interesting. I definitely want to continue to work on creating more antimicrobial stewardship and infectious disease themed escape rooms. I think it's also might be interesting to to work on escape rooms that are ranging in terms of difficulty level for different audiences. Another idea that I I don't think has been tapped into yet would be creating an interdisciplinary escape room because that reflects how often we practice in in real life uh, working with providers from different perspectives, including dietitians. PT, OT, nursing. So why not create an escape room that reflects those principles and gives us a better sense of each of our roles and how we work together to support positive patient outcomes. I think it's also really interesting to look at what other people are doing with medical education and, and escape rooms. Dr. Teresa Chan out of McMaster University developed a really cool tabletop game called Gridlocked, which helps learners understand triaging skills in the emergency room and uh, as a, a tabletop board game. Uh, there's lots of really other other cool apps and games out there for infectious diseases. Farmageddon is a, a really cool mm-hmm. game that I would encourage people to, to try out. And Empiric is another kind of cool card game that you can play to learn about what to learn about antimicrobials and spectrum of activity in terms of what bacteria different uh, antimicrobials cover. So yeah, there's lots of really great examples from an app point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a cool company called Level X, which uh, has a variety of different games you can play on your phone to learn pattern recognition when it comes to different rashes and dermatology, practicing how to perform endoscopy. So if you're in respirology or gastroenterology, you can practice performing an endoscopy on your phone. Uh, And I think there's also one for cardiac catheterization. So like cool, cool techniques using a, a gamification, gamification theory and serious games to 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 teach those skills and that knowledge. Awesome. I actually didn't know about any of those. So 
Uh, I mean, it's so neat to see like it's so widespread over so many different fields. And I think definitely our listeners um, will be excited to tune into some of those. I'm definitely going to do that. The level X sound sounds so cool. <laughs> and then what about microbial pursuit? That's something they can access on first line. Uh, it's not available through the app itself, but if you okay. Google microbial pursuit or go to firstline.org slash microbial dash pursuit, uh, it's a web-based platform. Right now we have over 150 puzzles that are in circulation uh, and you can access all of the puzzles. All the previous puzzles are, are accessible, but a new one is posted every day to play. And so that's free for, for players to access. One uh, one other idea that I've been kind of toying with in my mind is, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever played the game Heads Up that I think was made popular yeah. on yeah. the Ellen DeGeneres show. Yes. Essentially, you hold up on, you uh, player A would hold their phone in front of them, which would show a clue, maybe a name of a celebrity or a language or an animal. And your player B or, or multiple players would help you give you clues to guess what's on uh, what's on the phone. I thought that could maybe be applied to infectious diseases. So maybe on the screen, you have a name of a bacteria or an antimicrobial or a fungus or a virus that's relevant to your level of training and your colleagues, your peers, your friends give you clues to guess. So it's a gram positive cocci in clusters or, and and that might help with a bi-directional feedback and, and, uh, and precipitate learning both from the clue giving perspective and then the clue receiving perspective. Well, you have like definitely a lot of ideas coming up. So I'm excited to hear um, some of the future um, kind of concepts and, and really how we're going to implement this into, you know, our daily learning. And, and I think it's really nice because we're, we have the ability to create apps and, and do all of this and work with multiple, you know, there's so many technology based platforms now that I think um, this will definitely come to surface. So super excited. We're so grateful to have you on the podcast and talk about gamification. I mean, it was definitely when I heard about it, I, I mean, this, the name itself, it sounds interesting, right? And so to come into, and then thinking about incorporating that into medicine, because historically we didn't, you know, always have such great ideas. And so I think there's a lot in the future and um, maybe we'll have you back on when you're, when you've developed a couple more of those games and, and you can kind of walk us through that. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Dr. Pierwal and Dr. Pier Mohammed for the very interesting topic. Have a suggestion? Email us at the Canadian Breakpoint at gmail.com and be sure to follow us on Twitter at CA Breakpoint. See you again soon at the Canadian Breakpoint.